Welcome to one of the most unusual radio programs you've ever heard. This is God Signs, the radio ministry of the Deaf Bible Society of Arlington, Texas. I'm Marshall Lawrence. This organization is dedicated to the enormous task of translating the Word of God into each of the signed languages all across the world so that deaf people in every nation will be able to read the Bible in their own heart language, which for them is the language of signs. But sign language is not universal. In fact, each deaf culture in each different country around the world has developed its own signed language that's organic to the customs and the structure of the society where they live. So the task is enormous, especially when you consider that each one of these complex communication systems go far beyond simply making hand shapes or movements in the air. For example, there's a very specific grammatical structure to each language. American Sign Language is much different than British Sign Language or Japanese Sign Language. Not only do the hand shapes differ, but the grammar and syntax are different as well. In each language, the order of each sign, its direction, speed, location, and even the facial expressions of the signer all tell you something quite specific about what's being communicated. For example, in American Sign Language, or ASL, the sign for the concept why means something quite different if you lower your eyebrows as you make the hand gesture than it does if you raise your eyebrows. The lowered eyebrow means that you're asking a question. You're curious. You want to know the answer. The raised eyebrow is a rhetorical device. You already know the answer, and you're about to tell your listener what it is. So you see, the great signed languages of the world, all 400 of them, are quite complex and at least as powerful as any printed language. And that's why now, with the advent of small video devices, the entire Bible can be translated and distributed in the various visual languages of the world to deaf people who now will be able to see God's Word in their heart language, the language they think in and dream in. So get ready for an interesting trip. Your tour guide for this fascinating journey is J.R. Bucklew, president and CEO of Deaf Bible Society. And every week he interviews someone who's on the front lines of this important Bible translation and engagement work. Often, like today, his guest is a deaf person. But I'll let him introduce her to you, and I'll just introduce J.R. Bucklew. J.R.? Each one of us has a unique heritage. Where and how we were raised, the things we have come to believe about our world, our community, and even even ourselves. You know, I often consider this, but I wonder, have you considered how your heritage, your upbringing, your experiences have affected how you engage personally with God's Word? For example, I mean, how is your upbringing, the things that you've learned, the per- things that you have come to perceive about the world, how has this created barriers or maybe opportunities for you to see his word in true light? Or, or I don't know, maybe it's been, been filtered for you. I mean, do you see it through the lens of your heritage or are you able to see it for what it is? I mean, I can't help but think about in John 4, you know, Jesus comes and he meets the Samaritan woman at the well. We often hear the discussion about uh, the the exchange and, and related to her husband or it wasn't her husband and the things that was going on in her life. But what I find even more fascinating is that 
you know, between verses 4 and 26 of chapter 4, there's this discussion that starts to take place where she talks about, well, our fathers believed this, your fathers believed this, and starts to frame, you know, go with me a little bit, it starts to frame how she engages, whether she knew it or not, what we believe, the Son of God, the Messiah. She begins to frame her conversation, her relationship with him, based on her heritage. Well, today, as we think about that, I really want us to dig into these questions as it relates to deaf communities around the world. I want us to sort of discuss how deaf people have been treated throughout history and how this heritage has shaped deaf communities and where they are today and how they think today and how they engage with the world around them today. And along with how that has great significant impact on the sign language Bible translation movement, distribution movement, engagement efforts. You may not know this, but throughout history, deaf people have been shunned, cast out of hearing communities, oppressed, marginalized. I mean, during the time of Greek philosophers Aristotle and Socrates, deaf people were thought to have no intelligence. During Hitler's reign, deaf people were tested and tormented through wicked science experiments. And even in the United States during the 1800s, there were groups of people that were trying to pass laws Here in the U.S., there were groups of people trying to pass laws that would prevent one deaf person from marrying another deaf person because, you know, God forbid that they were to get married and have children and we have more deaf people. That was was the thinking. There were people actually trying to pass laws to prevent this. So even within the last century, deaf people have been forced into orality, speech training, speech therapy, and the use of sign systems – They aren't real sign languages, but sign systems that are meant to represent a local spoken language. All of these things, instead of being allowed the freedom to use their native sign language. Finally, in 1960, William Stokey, an English professor at Gallaudet University, began researching and writing about sign languages. And for the first time, sign languages became recognized as full-fledged living languages independent of spoken language. And this sparked really a new era for deaf communities, specifically our deaf community here in the United States, as their language became validated. And although life for deaf people has improved here in the U.S., there's so much to be done, still many deaf communities around the world struggle with the very same issues that we've already come through. The work of translating the Bible into other language itself, Bible translation itself has been around for centuries. For example, The first English Bible was translated in the 1500s, and from then up until now, we have a collection of over four to five hundred different versions of the Bible in the English language, everything from the first uh, English translation, whether you have the King James, the New King James, the Revised King James, the NIV, the, the, the New International Reader's Version, the English Standard Version, the Amplified Bible, the Message. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on, hundreds of versions of the Bible in the English language. And yet not one of the world's 400 sign languages has a full Bible translation. I mean, the historical mistreatment of deaf people combined with the recent recognition of sign languages as unique and distinct languages and and the stark reality 
that no full Bible translation exists in any sign language. I mean, for these reasons and more, these things contribute to the deaf being among some of the most unreached, unengaged people groups in the world. And as people groups around the world, they are almost every single time the most overlooked people group within any missions movement. I mean, this is a, this is a huge issue, a huge issue. And so I'm really excited today to have a conversation uh, with someone who's become a dear friend, and I'm hoping that she'll be able to help us sort of navigate these complex waters. Uh, but joining me today on God Signs is Tanya Polstra, uh, who is the Scripture Engagement and Distribution Project Manager at the Deaf Bible Society. Welcome, Tanya. Thank you. So I really want to know, before, before I ask you some really complicated questions, uh, who are you? I mean, what is your background? Because you're deaf. Is your family deaf? What, what, what was life like for you growing up? I was born hearing to two deaf parents, but I became deaf when I was three. When I was four, my dad left us, so it was just my mom raising us for a while until she married another man. Growing up in our house, we all signed. Uh, I had two older brothers who can hear, and they signed as well. We went to church regularly. My life was typical for that of a deaf person. I faced barriers, oppression, poverty. Considering I came from a broken home, there were struggles from that as well. So you were hearing until you were the age of three? Yes, I became deaf at age three. This is common, yes? It depends. Some people are born deaf, some lose their hearing gradually, and others become deaf later on. It just depends. There are a variety of reasons why someone is deaf. So it's all across the board. Yes, right. When you were growing up, uh, those that raised you, did were they fluent in American Sign Language? Yeah, ASL is my first language. Um, both my parents are deaf, so. It's your first language, but was it your parents' first language? No. So what was communication like between you and your family as you were a child growing up? Our conversation stayed very surface level. Things like food and cooking were really the only things that we talked about, but... The, the other thing to recognize is that my mom had very severe depression. So my relationship with her was very limited because of that. Also, my mom wasn't able to communicate beyond surface level conversations with her, with her family growing up. So while she does know how to sign, she doesn't have enough language to be able to communicate certain thoughts and ideas. Being that your relationship was somewhat challenged, communication barriers, a lot of other things there, um, you said they, you went to church. Did the whole family go to church, or were you sent to church? At first, my entire family went to church together. We started going when uh, some deaf friends in the community had encouraged us to attend the local deaf church. So we did, and the church was led by a pastor who could hear until they left the church, at which point it dissolved. Um, one person tried to take over leading the congregations, but uh, my parents stopped going. So that's when I started going to the church with friends. How do you feel your experience growing up in your home has impacted how you engaged with the Bible as you were growing up? What was that like for you? Did it have any impact? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I, I grew up in the church and knew the church, but I couldn't explain the Bible to you on a deep level. I couldn't explain prayer, what it was for, how to pray, or how to connect or engage with people, none of that. All I knew was that I go to church. So today, where you're at today in life, in your work, you're finding that you're not alone in your experience, right? There are other people out there in the deaf community who seem to have somewhat similar experiences to this. Challenges in communicating with their parents and their family, a disconnect even when the family as a unit desires to be engaged in church there's a disconnect. It's not wholesome engagement. The whole family's not engaging in the same way. There's There are huge barriers there. Uh, are you finding that a lot of other deaf people who have similar experiences have the same challenges when it comes to engaging in God's Word that you had? Not every deaf person has the exact same experience. Some deaf people have parents who can hear who expect them to go to church but they don't know why they're going. They sit in services without access and the sermons have no impact on them at all. Just as I went to church growing up and the sermons didn't impact me at all either. Even though the pastor was signing, what he was saying wasn't clear. However, many other deaf individuals don't even have that. They just sit there bored. They don't have anyone explaining the Bible to them so they understand. So our experiences are different. Many deaf have different experiences when they encounter the church. But it seems like, even though there are those differences, the common theme seems to be that whatever their home situation, their church engagement situation, it seems like direct engagement with Scripture is lacking. Right. You're right. It, it's about heart language. Most deaf people have exposure to the Bible only through reading written, printed Bibles, and they're not able to take what they read and reproduce it in their own thoughts and words. They can construct the words of the Bible into individual signs, but they can't share or expand on it in their own words. So, I mean, besides the fact that a full Bible hasn't been translated in any of the world's 400 sign languages, the things that you're mentioning, um, are these are some of the reasons that many deaf communities around the world are considered the last to receive and engage with the Bible. I mean, do you, do you see that this disconnect and this unawareness in the home is a great contributor to that? It's not the only reason. It's not from our home life. It's from the education systems in place. It's from the perspectives of those in the field of medicine and the perspectives of society. It's from so many other factors in the world that beat down on and negatively impact a deaf person, deaf parents, parents who can hear. So the hearing pair, you're saying, so it's not just the home, it's the home is influenced by the medical system, the educational system, the church system. Yeah. And schools at home. Yes. So it seems like we have really a, a systemic problem in our society that influences the family that results in disconnect with children, disconnect in their church engagement or whatever they're doing that leads to now as we we as we know, uh, deaf people groups around the world are are always they're 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 more often than not the, the most overlooked people group in their communities, even when it comes to designing mission efforts. So I wonder how have has all of these things that you've experienced, because I know we we don't have 
uh, the ability to go as de- as deep as I would like, uh, and I know that there's been seasons in your life I can I can just tell in talking with you where this was really difficult. This was really hard. How have those experiences helped you and where you're at today at the Deaf Bible Society in doing scripture engagement, distribution, and engaging with deaf leaders? How do, how do those things contribute to what you're doing today? I've worked with Christian leaders who can hear, who truly believe that we are cute in the most demeaning sense of the word. Our signs are cute. We are cute. They view us from a perspective that we need help. I'm fine. I've been deaf since I was three, and now I have a college degree and the ability to study and think deeply. I know what I'm doing. When I look at other deaf people, I can relate with them. I can understand them and their experiences, and I see them for who they are. I don't see them as someone needing to be fixed or as an avenue to feel better about myself for helping them. Instead, I see them. I want to listen to their story and hear their heart because that's how God sees them. Right, because of your experience, you're able to be more relational with deaf leaders yeah. than empathetic towards deaf people and deaf leaders. Right. Uh, does that, you feel like that helps in the work that you do? Does that help? Do you see more success through the scripture engagement trainings that you're doing? First, we use scripture and sign language. This means that a deaf person like myself can study scripture by watching it on the Deaf Bible app. And when we do, we are able to internalize scripture and produce it in our own words and connect it to our everyday lives. What we learn through signed scripture applies to our everyday experiences to navigate life. Also, we can communicate with each other directly without a third party such as an interpreter and without struggling to understand each other because we share a common language. And we can do this at a talking pace that is natural for us. We don't have to slow down. I think those factors impact my work a lot. Do you feel like through these scripture engagement trainings that you're able to help other deaf leaders overcome many of the same obstacles you've had to overcome? Do you feel like these help empower them in their own personal engagement and sharing of that scripture with the community? Yes, definitely. Yes. They see that we have an absolute confidence in who we are. They see that we're not struggling with scripture anymore, which is the result of being able to internalize scripture. I know because sign language scripture changed me. I know what scripture says and I can live it out. Because of who I am in Jesus, it's simple. Without him, I would follow whatever society tells me to. That's that's a big deal. Yes. Tanya, based on the things that we've been talking about, what do you think is currently the biggest obstacle today in getting God's word to every deaf person in their sign language? The fact that deaf people don't have a Bible of their own. They don't have anything in their heart language that allows them to understand the word of God. It's just not available. There's nowhere for them to look. It's not there. But they're hungry for God's word. They just don't have it. So sign language Bibles, but what is the biggest obstacle to making those available? What do you think it is? Deaf leaders. We don't have deaf people stepping up and saying, yeah, that's my calling. That's my responsibility. I have a responsibility to the deaf community. All they think is, I can't, I can't, I can't, I'm stuck. Or they don't have the language because since they were a child, there were systems in place that prevented them from learning to sign early on because they were told that it would prevent them from being able to speak. And because of this, they're struggling with their identity and so many other things that they aren't even able to say. Yes, 
this is my language. This is how I can engage with God. Let's move to make this accessible to everyone. Instead, they're battling with all the lies they've been told. They don't have deaf role models showing them another way. They don't. For example, growing up in my own life, I never saw a confident deaf person who knew the Bible or who stepped into a leadership role. There wasn't a deaf person owning that part of them. It's still rare to find. Those are the obstacles we're facing, in my opinion. But we're hopeful that the Lord is doing a work around the world, right? Though we haven't seen that in the past, we're seeing more and more of these leaders pop up. I assume you would say that's something we should be praying for, right? Amen. How can we pray more specifically for those deaf leaders? What What is it that we should be praying for? Their self-worth. Self-worth. They need to know that they are not a mistake. They are perfect exactly how they are. They have unique skills, language, knowledge. They are whole and equipped just as they are. Uh, Tanya, it really was a great pleasure having you on with us today. Uh, thank you for your passion, your commitment to ensuring that more deaf people are reached with God's word in their sign language. You're welcome. JR will return in a moment with some closing thoughts. But as the father of a deaf child myself, I want to thank you for listening to this broadcast. I suspect most of you don't know many deaf people personally. You've probably never given much thought to the fact that English is a second language to deaf people, even if they've grown up here in the United States. Well, here's why that is. Hearing children learn English and any other spoken language through their ears first. They hear what mom and dad say and mimic the sounds they hear. Later, they begin to understand the meaning of the sound, and that's how they learn language. When hearing children first learn to read, all they have to do is to attach the shape of the written word with the sound and concept they already know. And there you go. But the most effective way for deaf kids to learn to read is to learn sign language first. Now, I know that may sound strange, but it's true. See, once they learn the sign for a concept, like hot dog or milk or love or trust, then they can attach the shape of the English word to the concept. And that's the best, most natural way for deaf people to learn to read. But now let me ask you a question. When you think to yourself, do you usually, or at least often, do that with words? It's okay to admit it, and we all do that. We all talk to ourselves all the time, and most usually in our native language. It helps clarify our thoughts and plans, especially when we're dealing with abstract concepts. Well, deaf people do the same thing, only with sign language. You see, sign language is the most powerful and effective way for them to communicate with others and with themselves. Believe me, the native signed languages of the world are not imprecise gestures, but complex and precise systems of communication. That's why it's vital for the Bible to be translated into all 400 of these great signed languages so that deaf people around the world will be able to plunge the depths of the Word of God, the bread of life, in their heart language, just as you can. For more information about how you can participate in this work, go to GodSigns.com. GodSigns.com. Now here's JR to conclude our time together. You know, even in the, the passage that we mentioned at the beginning of the program, John 4, once Jesus was able to overcome 
this sort of uh, looking at God's plan through the lens of heritage. Well, my fathers went here, your fathers went here. And she was no longer in the position of this poor Samaritan woman. It's like he gave her the self-worth that, that Tanya was just talking about, this need for praying for deaf leaders to realize that there's value. They're not a mistake because they're deaf. They're not a mistake. And that self-worth, we know, is found in, in Christ. Well, now you see the dilemma. How do you find self-worth in Christ if you don't know Christ because you don't have access to the Word of God? A huge problem for deaf people all around the world. As we go on with our day, as you go on with your day, think about that and join us. Pray with us because there are so many deaf people all around the world that don't have access to Scripture in their sign language. Deaf leaders who don't feel like they can actually be leaders in his kingdom because they don't feel like they have worth. They don't feel like they're valued. They don't feel that he has purpose in how he created them. Well, we find that he does have purpose in how he's created us in his word, and they don't have access to his word. And yet, every month we're seeing more and more scripture being translated in sign language than we've ever seen happen before. And he is moving and he is working. This is truly exciting. I would encourage you, as you're praying about these things that Tanya mentioned, I would encourage you to take out your phone right now, uh, open your text messaging application, whatever you're using, and text PRAY to 444-999. Join us in praying for deaf people around the world week after week. This is a huge, huge need. It's not something we can give to somebody on a device. Self-worth is found in the Word of God. While we can give them the Word of God on the device, the Spirit has to work in the person. And so we need your prayer. We need you to join us in that prayer movement so that these deaf leaders can see their worth in Christ, so they can see the value that they have in Him, so they can see the significant role He has for them to play in the expansion of the gospel. So please join us in praying for that. Well, thank you for tuning in this week. Uh, As you saw uh, through the conversation today, as you heard through the conversation today, God's signs are everywhere. His word is being made available, and he is signing around me, around you, around deaf leaders all around the world. The mission is the Great Commission until all the deaf have seen. Thank you, Jr for sharing your passion for the souls of deaf people and for your heart for the mission of Christ. And thank you, Tanya, for sharing your personal story and your heart for the work God has given you to do. Aren't these great people? And we think you're pretty great too for taking time to tune in and listen to this conversation. I'm sure many of the things you heard today are fresh thoughts for you unless you grew up in a family with a deaf member or you have some significant people in your life who are deaf themselves, I'm pretty sure that many of the things you heard today were surprising, perhaps enlightening. If you'd like more information on anything you heard on the program today, or if you have questions about how you can support the work of Bible translation through Deaf Bible Society, feel free to write us. You can contact us at Signs. And remember, this entire program and all our broadcasts 
will be available in American Sign Language on that same link, godsigns.com. All of us involved with the program hope that through the conversation today, you learned that God's signs are everywhere. Every single day, more of His Word is being translated into the world's signed languages through the dedicated efforts of Deaf Bible Society and its many, many partners all around the globe. And that work will continue until all the deaf have seen and have had the opportunity to build their own personal relationship with Him. Speaking on behalf of J.R. Bucklew and all the fine people at Deaf Bible Society, this is Marshall Lawrence wishing you blessings and grace this week. You learned that God's signs are everywhere, every single day. More of His Word is being translated into the world's signed languages through the dedicated efforts of Deaf Bible Society and its many, many partners all around the globe. And that work will continue until all the deaf have seen and have had the opportunity to build their own personal relationship with Him. Speaking on behalf of J.R. Bucklew and all the fine people at Deaf Bible Society, this is Marshall Lawrence wishing you blessings and grace this week.